Caroline Goldman, épisode 3, Time Out. Hi, I'm Caroline Goldman and I'm a psychologist for children and teenagers based in Paris. I published several books and I've been teaching for more than five years in college. This podcast is about informing parents or any stakeholder involved in the well-being of children. Child psychiatry has witnessed an explosion in behavioral problems over the past six to seven years. In my opinion, it's largely due to the pitfalls in positive education practices that have been widely discussed in the media and which have restricted parents when exercising their authority. I agree with Claude Halmos, who has spoken of an industry of parental guilt tripping. In the previous episode, I explained my criticism of this positive education trend. It is a criticism widely shared by contemporary child psychiatrists who witness its deleterious effects on their patients every day. So if the principles of positive education don't work, what do we do when a child challenges the boundaries? How do you educate them without using violence or being too lenient? In my opinion, the solution can be summed up in two words. Time out. This method has not only been recommended as a non-violent punishment by the Council of Europe, but also by Barclays Programme for ADHD Treatment and by Professor Kasdan, director of the Yale Parenting Center. In my book, Fil dans ta chambre, published by Duno in 2019, I detail the application of this method, which I have been recommending to my patients in private practice for 16 years. Here are the elements of my roadmap for establishing educational boundaries with children between the age of 1 and 11. There is another one for teenagers from the age of 12 with no age limit. Well, until they no longer live with you, let's say. Here are the typical acts of disobedience in childhood, which should be prohibited gradually after the age of one. From around a year old. Throwing pots or spoons from their high chair, playing with oven knobs, pulling on the tablecloth, stealing the remote control, opening the fridge, putting themselves in danger. Later on. Speaking too loud, shouting, interrupting, making too much noise at the table or in public spaces. Winding. Complaining for no reason, making a fuss about everything, imposing their bad temper. Not obeying instructions or dragging them out. Brushing teeth, getting dressed, putting toys away, doing homework, refusing to get away from the screen and going to bed. Showing disrespect or disregard for others, for example, refusing to say hello or thank you, refusing to share, belching at the table after the age of four, being a bad sport, making a mess or not looking after places, possessions or notebooks. Misreading parents, siblings and friends with hurtful words, insults, theft and violence, but also with inappropriate language, a contemptuous aptitude, inappropriate body movement, unjustified reproaches, harassing requests, demands for purchases, etc., Tyranny of feelings, overreaction, extreme emotional amplitude, victimization, for example, you don't love me, etc. Leaving the table during mealtime, refusing to eat the perfectly good evening meal, demanding a different dish, etc. So, to summarize, here are the typical acts of disobedience in childhood that I was talking about. And here are the main principles of my roadmap for re-establishing the roles of parents and children in the family home. First, let's set the ground rules. Remember to evoke your values at least once by saying something like this. 
Listen carefully. I'm going to tell you something very important. There are rules in our family. Nobody hits, bothers, or hurts each other. Everyone respects each other and, if possible, loves and supports each other. These laws will never change and will never be questioned. You'll be nice to us, and in return, we'll ensure that everyone else is nice to you. As a general rule, in everyday life, show your child a better way of negotiating their aggression. For example, by saying things like, give your sister a kiss and tell her you're pleased to see her so happy with her present. Congratulate your friend on their success. Ask them how they're doing and if they need any help. Offer to serve the guests. Help me come up with an idea for a surprise for mom, etc. Secondly, bear in mind that your child's disobedience in no way defines him or her. No child is born difficult, and they all fundamentally aspire to be good children who are wise, peaceful, socially adapted and loved by others. They are simply carrying out their role as a child and testing your limits, which they need in order to grow up. This stage of development is universal and healthy. It's up to you to honor this calling. They will then move on to other areas of development, like social seduction, for example. The involvement of the second parent is crucial here, as opposed to the mother-child bond, which was traditionally more regressive and fusional, therefore stimulating. Their position, often a little more removed from everyday life, enables them to embody the law and intimidate the child more. In this respect, their presence at dinner, a key moment for educational purposes, will be particularly important. In their absence, the mother can help to give the second parent this symbolic function. For example, I'll tell dad what you've just done. It is worth remembering that any third party invested by the mother is likely to take on this role. When they disobey, I advise you can do the following. Remain stoic and unyielding, like a giraffe faced with an ant. Do not hit, do not threaten with violence, do not shout. This excites their aggression even more and would therefore be counterproductive and you can't lose your control in front of them while at the same time ordering them to calm down. Don't make idle threats that you can't keep, so as not to lose your credibility. Don't undermine their self-esteem by saying, for example, you're unbearable, you're wearing us out, etc. Why? Because it's pointless and unfair. They've taken up the space you've given them and they have identified with your responses or non-responses, which were too stimulating to their past disobediences, and also because you're responsible for building their self-esteem. Between one and two years old, look at them in the eyes. If they are small, kneel down to their level. Explain the rules calmly but firmly, no more than three times for each transgression. After that, there's no point in repeating them, because mastering information has unfortunately never been enough to make a child behave. It's unfortunately only through frustration that rules are integrated. Warn them that if they do it again, they will be punished in their room. If they are more than two years old, announce simply, stop or you're going out, or I'm counting to three. If they continue, send them immediately to their room or any other room away from the common area without a screen, save your words and close the door, never lock it. Forbid them from leaving. You have disobeyed me, I will come and get you when the punishment is over. Go and fetch them after a period of time proportionate to the disobedience. The limits will be then integrated, sometimes with a few tears. If they don't obey when the punishment is being carried out, refusing to go in, tempted to leave, calling out to you, shouting, banging on the door, making too much noise, throwing their toys on the wall, etc. 
Your only argument for a return to calm should be to extend the exclusion time and nothing else. If you disobey me during the punishment, you'll stay in your room even longer. The system avoids an escalation of repressive violence, hitting, shouting, incessant repetition, threats, general irritation and parental exhaustion. It works perfectly well while respecting your child's psychological and physical integrity. No negotiation, discussion or justification of the boundary should be yielded to them. If they start to reproach you for your attitude, distance yourself from their words. They are simply testing their power without really knowing what it means and immediately break off their approach. You can do as you like when you become a parent. For the moment, I am the adult. Don't specify the exclusion period if it starts to become the subject of a debate. Don't pay any attention to the fact that they show satisfaction going to their room. That is not so surprising if you consider that they have reached the limit they were looking for. And don't force them to come out when the punishment is lifted, unless of course they have to for a reason. Just open the door and say that it's over. Remember that your child's disobedience should have consequences for them, not for you. Adopt a powerful, unchanging, confident and calm stance, like a giraffe. They disobey, they pay the price. It's their problem and there's no reason why it should affect you personally. Don't give them this power over you, it will make them feel insecure. What is happening is between them and them only. You are simply the tool that gives them the means to learn to regulate themselves. If necessary, use deferred punishment on the way home from a walk, the next morning, in the evening, on the way home from school, and after the age of three, until the following Sunday, for example. But you must stick with it. Any disobedience reported to you in your absence by nanny, babysitter, grandparents, teachers, activity leaders, etc. should be punished by you at a later date. Your child must feel that they are accountable to you, even in your absence, and that you are the guardians of their impulses. If the situation absolutely has to change for the better, due to a time or a place constraint, and you can't punish them straight away, for example, you have homework, bath, excitement in the back of the car, promise them a punishment commensurate with the time wasted before obeying you. All the time you spend shouting or not working will be doubled in punishment time once you've arrived home after homework is finished. So if I were you, I'd obey and quickly. Start again as soon as your child disobeys. Even if it's several times in a row, don't feel guilty. What you demand of them is justified. The system will equip them for social life and you're sending them to a room filled with books and games. And apply this system to all siblings from one year onwards. Agreement between parents must be clear and total. Never remain silent if the other parent is scolding. For example, listen to your mother and never disown yourself in front of the child. If one of the parents feels that the other's tone is inappropriate, for example, too violent or too permissive, they should nevertheless show their parental solidarity and redirect their repressive action with these exact words. Listen to your mother, father, and go to your room. My two roadmaps for children and for teenagers are available along with all the questions parents frequently ask when they read them. Questions about the old-fashioned division of father and mother roles, about what to do when explaining isn't enough, the refusal to engage in power struggles and break the bond of empathy with their child, crushing their desires, their inspiration, their creativity, their personality, the heartbreaking nature of their crying, the fear that it's too late, and so on. And that's it for today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>